0: So, word of knowledge. Last week, I was trying to explain to us that the word of knowledge, the experience or the manifestation of the word of knowledge is not restricted to prophets. I know uh, in the Old Testament, because we saw most of this in the Old Testament, just to remind us, word of knowledge is access to the facts in the mind of God for your life. And I try to explain to people that, guys, you know what, to know your purpose, your purpose is in the mind of God. If you think your life does not have any sense of direction... You need access to the mind of God because God has plans and purpose for everyone he created. God does not do things carelessly or unreasonably or senselessly. He's not that kind of God. He has a purpose. He has an intention. He has taken his time to carefully plan out your life. So there's no such thing as anyone is born by accident. It does not exist. So people may be inspired to do one thing or the other in their life. And uh, okay, let me try to clarify that. Lord help me today let me try to clarify that so some people at some point in their life they feel inspired to be a maybe a firefighter and they think that's their purpose but when they retire what happens to you does that mean your purpose has ended your life has ended so people may pick one vocation or the other thinking that's their purpose in life but when that vocation comes to an end maybe they retire or something happens to that industry and that service that service is no longer required does that mean your purpose has ended? Some people, because what they thought was their purpose is no longer relevant in a sense, then start feeling empty, suicidal. Sometimes that sounds like extreme, right? But that's not God's plan for anybody. God, I mean, till the day you go home to be with the Lord, God has planned out how best he believes you will function and had value to humanity, and that's why believers should take their time to walk with God to try to walk in what, what we call word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Word of wisdom, I'll talk about that in you know maybe next. Word of knowledge, whereby you can have access to facts in the mind of God about you. So to be a, to live a successful Christian life, or to live a successful life, you need constant access to God's mind for you. And I was sharing with us last week that God has made his provision for you and I by spirit. So as long as you have the spirit of God, you can access God's mind. It's available. You can know it. Amen. So let's carry on today. So word of knowledge, that's kind of like a, a recap. You can, yeah, facts in God's mind. But I feel like talking about purpose that no one should feel empty, useless. Because they can find their purpose, there's no meaning to their life, because God has a purpose for you and you can access it. Amen. And Maybe in future when I teach more about purpose, I'll teach you how to find God's will, how to walk in it, and how to fulfill God's purpose for your life. So today, I want to quickly look at the four other examples I was talking about last week. I may have to run through it because I felt this morning that one of the things I feel I should expound on, I will need to put that in a separate teaching about prophets, right? So in future, I will want to take my time, maybe five weeks, to teach about prophets and bust every mist and lies that people have about prophets, amen. Right, so next one on on my example about where the word of knowledge was experienced or manifested in the Bible is in the life of Elisha. So let's turn our Bibles to 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, 21. So I'll read 2 read Kings chapter 5, verse 21 to 26. You can take your time to read the entire chapter in your own spare time. But being focused on the word of knowledge, I just want to take this few verses here. So what happened here is that the word of, by the word of knowledge, an hypocrite was exposed. There's so much power in the word of knowledge. I mean, there's so much benefit to it. And I'm taking my time to show us the benefit so that we can desire it. Amen. It was so amazing yesterday, speaking to the, teenage, the teen girls, how everything went was not how I planned it. You know, when I opened my mouth to speak, the first thing that came out of my mouth was not what I wanted to talk about. But I, because I've trained myself, I can tell when God is saying something. So I just allowed him to lead me. So as it was just dropping my heart, I was just speaking now, but it was not making any sense from the beginning. But towards the middle, it started making sense. Even me speaking wasn't making sense. I was asking, Lord, where are we going? Okay, I will follow you. Right? And we got a testimony come through last night. It was amazing. Because we We had a picture in our mind of what we wanted to do, but I ended up altar call praying for people, uh, young people who are struggling with depression and anxiety, and more testimonies are going to roll in. But we see the lady, the girls, they were like, you know, they just had a very neutral face. I said nothing was happening. But I just have to lean and trust the Holy Ghost speaking to me. Amen. And that's why sometimes you don't, you know, pastors, preachers, don't go by what you see. Don't go by expressions. Don't go by people who can shout and scream hallelujah. Go by the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And I've also learned that young people, you know, be, they, they've, been tr- kind of, they've kind of trained themselves to act as if nothing is happening. But don't be fooled by that, whether positive or negative. Sometimes young people are up to stuff and they will look so innocent, so lovely in the house, and the Holy Spirit is telling you, he's a liar. She's just coming from a boy's place. Like, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, for Mommy, I know I was reading the Bible this morning. All these people say, no, don't, don't believe what you said. My kids are going to have fun because it's going to be a world of knowledge in our house every day. It gets to a point you know you cannot lie to daddy because he's already seen it before you start. So I'm challenging parents that, you know, you can walk in the world of knowledge to even see what problem your child may fall into. You can tell if a, child is, if a child is giving something to drag your daughter into, you can pick it. You say, there's something about that girl. Even though she looks humble, nice, innocent, something your spirit says no. Amen. God is speaking to your heart. I'm trying to make this thing so simple so that you can easily understand it. Now, God will not see problem ahead of you and not tell you. He's not that kind of God. He will tell you. For you know, most of the time, when we find ourselves in problems, the problem is because we're not listening or we've not trained ourselves to listen. God will always tell you. He will always show you signs. Amen. So let's look at this guy uh, here, Gehazi, they call him. So uh, you can read the story when you get some spare time. Now, v- uh, verse 21. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. So just a summary of the story. There was this military guy, this guy in the army. From, I think, Aram. Oh, Lord, I don't like to get into all of this Bible story. Okay, short story. This guy had leprosy and um, was referred to a prophet to heal him. Right, um, The prophet actually did not even come out to see him. He was offended. Then, he eventually, he did what the prophet asked him to do, and he was cured of leprosy. And the, le- the prophet did not collect anything from him. Lord Jesus, are you saying I should not do this? right now jesus christ help me lord you know you can tell that i'm i'm so i'm re- really on fire this morning i'm just trying to be myself you know some prophets believe that each time they come to you that you pray for them or they pray for you or something you must always give something we saw an example here in the book of in the book of second kings where elisha told a guy i don't want your money friends healing is from the lord jesus no man heals you because no human being has the power of his own of his own to heal. No human being has the power of his own to heal. We'll heal in the name of Jesus, not helping to get to that point where i 'm going to show you something down the road this morning. So we should not worship human beings. Amen, we should not worship human beings, and we should not try to buy what God has given to us in Christ Jesus. I repeat that you know when I make some Phenomenal statement. I think I need to emphasize that. You know, this is a phenomenal statement that you have to write down. No Christian should try to buy what God has given to you freely in Christ Jesus. Healing is free, deliverance is free, baptism of the Holy Ghost is free. Everything that is good that you can get in the name of Jesus, it's free and, and it has been freely given to you. Don't go and pay money for people to deliver you from anything. It is ungodly. It is unscriptural. It is demonic. When I say demonic, it is herbalist, ritualist, and all this kind of dark people that will ask you to bring money for them to give you something that they don't even have. Who thought you satan can heal you? No, what he did was a replacement. Because he is the one who initiates this pain and sickness and things in people. He's the one who has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's the one who inflicted you with sickness. And one man, elderly man, or a witch, or a, soot, or a sorcerer, or something, somewhere, or even a pastor, who will call himself a pastor, asks you to bring money for them to give you healing. They will just walk with the devil to give you some, I mean, they have that conversation, and they remove headache, and they'll plant cancer. And that one will manifest after 10 years. Come on, what are you talking about? What good can Satan give you? Nothing. His mission, his assignment, his identity to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let's carry on in the world. Hallelujah. Right, so you can see why I'm kind of like pinching myself a like, lot today. Take it easy because um, you can lose it. Amen. So Gehazi ran after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running towards him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? He asked. Everything is all right? He has answered. My master sent me to say, two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the healed country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. But after the guy was healed, Elisha said he's not going to collect anything from this guy. Now this guy, listen to this. Let's go to verse 19. Verse 19, and after this guy was healed, look at this. Go in peace, Elisha said. After Naaman had traveled some distance, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi, run af- Gehazi ran after this. After Naaman, to collect something. After Elisha I said, go in peace, I'm not going to collect anything from you. Gaius thought in his mind, no, my, my master is, was too lenient, was too easy on this guy. Guys, if that is how, what we think or how we think that, you know what, your healing, you must fast, you must pray, you must go through some pain for God to have mercy on you. You know what, you're trying to buy your healing with human effort and you disqualify yourself for healing. If you think it's by going to church, it's by doing one thing or the other that will qualify you for healing, you are trying to use your effort to buy what Jesus has already given you in Christ Jesus. And according to Galatians 3.10, you are placing yourself under a curse. The Bible says "Dead who are of the works of the law, are under a curse. So you wonder why some, some seemingly unserious Christian or unspiritual Christian are receiving healing with a snap of a finger. And you who are in church by 8 in the morning, even though service starts at 10, not in this church. I'm saying I'm just using an example. Or service starts at 11, you are there in the morning, 8 o'clock, cleaning the altar. When I say altar, it's a podium, the platform, and the platform where the pastor comes to preach. They are cleaning it, and they are receiving their healing. Lord, as I clean this, I receive my healing. As I do this, Lord, as I'm doing it, is it... Lord Jesus, help me to be myself this morning. Amen. Some people... They wonder why some so, such people wonder why things seem to be working for some Christian who are not as dedicated in court like themselves. It's because they are trying to buy with human effort what God has given to them in Christ Jesus. And it's ungodly practice. Everything God has given to us we receive by what? By faith and with thanksgiving. So, if you are attending a church or you are rolling with Christians who are go- taking you through a kind of burden of performance to receive what God has given you in Christ Jesus, why are you doing this to yourself? Because this, this is a typical example we saw in the life of Geassim. No, 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 no. You know, if you, are, if, the people, if, if, the, if you don't make it tough for the people, they would think it's easy. You know, salvation is easy. They would hear things like salvation is not easy. Now, It wasn't easy for Jesus on his body, but he did it freely because he loves you guys and not at any cost to you. So why should the man of God then make it burdensome for you to receive what Jesus had paid all the price to give you freely? It makes no sense. Hence, many Christians are in bondage today under so much duress. Their Christian life is not something to write home about. There's no symbol of joy and gladness in their Christian life because they are working with this unintelligent, the, the actual word I want to use is dumb. And I'll use it. Anybody can take offense. Dumb, so-called man of God. You, you put people under so much burden and pain so that they can receive healing. And you are measuring how much struggle they are going through. You hear things like, what have you given to the Lord? Or when someone is sick, they said, hmm, when last you pay your tithe? Until you pay your tithe, you can receive healing because God is the one putting this on you. I didn't say that. I'm quoting someone because people can just cut one part of your message and run away with it. So they tell people that until you begin to pay your tithe, and even God is even saying to me now that it's only 10% He wants. He wants 40% before He can heal you. Friends, these are, you know, the, the, the swear word I tend to have is bloody. You, there's two bad language I have. Bloody, Stupid. <laughs> so he said you confirm stupid. <laughs> it's a bloody lie. Bloody, bloody lie. Stupid actually means um, no, no application of common sense. But in Nigeria, where I come from, when you say somebody is acting stupid, how do you mean? What do you mean? How can you talk to me like that? No, we are just saying, sir. Without respect, you do not apply common sense. That's what we're saying. Amen. All right, let's go. Yeah, let's. I'm having fun here, guys. All right, let's do this. So, Geaze thought his, his his master was too uh, uh, soft. Took, took it to e- uh, was easy on the other guy, Neman. But let's see how the story uh, ended. So, Geaze ran towards Neman. got some stuff from this guy. Uh, Let's go to verse 23 of that same chapter. So by all means, take two talents, said Nehman. He urged Gehazi to accept them and then tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and they left. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, "Where have you been?" You know, this paints a picture uh, of uh, a toddler who has been dealing with a chocolate that you kept in the cupboard to be maybe a chocolate to take to school or something, and um, he or she appears all of a sudden. Where have you been? The chocolate is still on the mount. Mm-mm, I didn't eat it. Ah, I did not ask you <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Mm-mm. Pointing towards, uh, pointing at um, the older one to say, this person did it. Did what? I said, where have you been? But this guy kind of pleaded nicely. He didn't, I think, because he's more advanced in age than toddlers. So, let's watch, let's see how this guy responded. So, Elisha asked him, where have you been? Gehazi, your servant didn't go anywhere. Gehazi answered. Listen to this. Word of K?" So when you hear word of K, I I mean word of knowledge. Right? So we'll start, I'll start building in our slangs in TTC, right? So that we can easily communicate and have a shorthand when we meet in town. Amen. Right. So give me two, give me two. Right. So, I clear, so we have a passion for that one, that, uh, for TTC. <laughs> right. But Elisha said to him, was not my spirit with you. Don't forget I said a word of knowledge is not access to natural, to natural, it's not natural knowledge. It's not access to facts that you have gotten from maybe a data database or a report or something. You know, this is a supernatural revelation of an event. This is another kind of uh, definition of a um, word of knowledge. Watch this. But Elisha said to him, "Was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you?" So Elisha must have been in his room, and maybe he was praying, whatever he was doing, and his spirit just— opened, I mean, the Holy Spirit just opened his eyes, and he saw this guy. He said, "Was my spirit not with you uh, when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this—is this the time to take money or to accept clothes?" or olive groves, and vineyards, or flocks, and earth, or male and female servants. Neiman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from the lightest presence, and his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. I felt in my spirit when I was meditating on this this morning the Lord wants me to kind of touch on that one. And I was like, Lord, but how will I finish this, <laughs> this message in a, in a short period of time that I have? But I'm going to do that because I asked him to talk about that last verse. But let's look at this verse 26. So, by word of knowledge, Elisha got informed supernaturally that this guy went to collect something from Naaman. God can see everything. Nothing is hidden from God under the sun. And that's why you and I, you and I, every one of us, I really want to emphasize myself so that it doesn't sound like I'm just talking to you guys and also to remind myself that I'm also part of this. We must train ourselves to be very, very acquainted with God. Pick signals. Pick instructions. See things. God does not want us to walk in the dark. He doesn't want us to walk in deception. One thing I must emphasize again is that, and that this gift is something we must desire. For the good, to benefit people. God, open my eyes. My eyes and understand will be enlightened. I walk in the uh, world. In the word of knowledge, and the gift of the Spirit, I supernaturally know the thought and the thought and the mind of God. And you see these things, you know, manifest in your life. And what I've just said is an expression, of, uh, is an example of things that we should be saying as we desire the word of knowledge to operate in our lives. Amen. Now, down to what I feel the Lord wants me to kind of touch on. Now, if you look at this carefully, verse twenty-seven. Pro- uh, so. Elisha said, Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Now, this is one of the things, the reasons why people are, a lot of people are afraid of prophets. Because this mindset that if the prophets should curse you, whatever they say over you will come upon you. Now, what Elisha did here is wrong. I repeat, what Elisha did here is very wrong. Here, they may think it's because he's a man of God and he has the power to do whatever, and that's why this happened. What he did here is wrong. Now, and it was not God that brought leprosy on Gehazi. Elisha spoke, the devil and demons acted on that word, took advantage of the situation and brought leprosy on on, um what's guy's name Gehazi. So people tend to connect, watch this man of God spoke something, an evil on someone. And God, because the man is a man of God, God made it happen. Is a lie. The Bible tells us in the book of, I think, 1 John, that God abides a light. The Bible tells us every good and perfect gift comes from God. There's no evil in God. So the leprosy on Gehazi here was not from God. And many prophets are controlling and oppressing people today Because they believe they have the power to curse people. It's an evil practice. Any prophet who tries it with me, I'm going to show them too that I have, I can declare and things can happen. Anybody here can declare something out of anger and demons will jump on it and they will execute it. I can kill a prophet. I can. If I get so angry and I can... Operate the powers in the spirit. I can. It's an evil practice. You know, they they said God killed Ananias and Sapphira. No, Peter killed them. Peter spoke. Demons acted on it and something happened. Apart from demons, there are forces in this world. Angels can act on your word and they will execute it. Yeah, when I said I can kill a prophet, I know what I'm saying. An evil prophet who has been destroying people's life. if I speak negative, if I speak out of anger and certain things, will cause some angels, angels of destruction. Those were the angels who went to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It was not God that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's get this straight. There are some angels whose operation is anything that is anti-God, they destroy. That is how they are wired. They are robots. That's how they operate. We're going to talk about ministry of angels in the future. What if I tell you, I just want to walk, you know, stay your mind to whet your appetite. What if I tell you that the Ten Commandments was given to Moses by angels, it wasn't God. What if I tell you that one too? When I read the book of Acts chapter 7. Moses thought he saw God. If you read the conversation between Moses and that angel and that um, person they call God in that bonfire, it was not consistent. You see good, you see bad. It was inconsistency. I don't have to open up a camera once. I like this. So let my phone start buzzing and uh, I'm going to have a fantastic week. Amen. So it wasn't God, of the man of God, that bought leprosy on Gaza. So God is speaking to someone this morning. If you are still under the control of a prophet and you need help to be delivered, contact me. Should I even make it easy for you? You don't even need to contact me. Sign out. Stop contacting that man or the woman of God. So the control they have over you is because they put fear on the inside of you. If you can get rid of that fear, they will lose a grip on you. I've seen all manner of evil under the sun. How can a pastor say to a senior pastor to say, you know what, I feel the Lord is calling me to go and start my own church. And the man or woman will say, if you go, I will cross you. Why will a church... When they're hiring a pastor, they say if you will if you leave, if you leave without our approval, we'll curse you. And people sign it. Are people well? But I can't blame people, it's because of this kind of practices in the Bible that they've seen. I will say something to you by the spirit. The power a prophet has over you is due to the fear of the prophet that you have. The fear of the power of the prophet that you have. A prophet will come around me and start saying, I'm a prophet, and if I curse you, really? What was that angel's name? Ondoa. They would destroy him and clean him out of my sight. The Bible says he has given his angels charge over me to keep in all my ways. I'm heavily surrounded by angels. Mess about with me, and you see how they execute you. Did I kill the person? No. Angels, I've got angels operating on my behalf. So I'm very mindful of what I say because I can speak and I will destroy. So God did not kill or put leprosy on Gehazi. Elisha commanded the force of the spirit to put that on him. If Gehazi was still alive, I will show him how to deliver himself from that because the guy even went as far as said, and um, descendants, who does that? Have a conversation with Elijah when, Elijah when we get to heaven. Or when the Lord returns. Elijah, where did you get that from? Who, who taught you that? So a lot of the things you see in the, in the world today, in the Christian world today, are just operations of the people. It's not God. So I believe God wants to set someone free from any prophet that is controlling people. Amen. Thank you, Father. Right, so that's one Uh so the word of by the word of knowledge you can expose hypocrisy. That's a summary of that. You can you know someone can be doing dodgy things, and by the word of God, by the word of knowledge, by the spirit of God, you can see what they are up to. Next one. So this is actually interesting. So let's go to second. Uh, let's go to the next chapter. Come on. Next chapter, chapter six, Second Kings chapter six, and let's look at verse eight. So. Here, the word of, by the word of knowledge, the plans of an enemy can be exposed. So look at this, uh, verse 8, right? Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After, after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel. Excuse me, this is the Elisha. Beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enriched the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord the king, said, one of his officers, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Ah. uh uh-huh. So someone can be skimming something in their bedroom and God, by spirit, will tell you exactly what they are saying. Are you now when I, can you now see what I was saying last week, that Christians are not normal people? How can you be sitting in your room praying in the spirit and the Holy Ghost is telling you this person is planning this, avoid them. These are examples of the operations of the word word of knowledge and is available to each and every one of us. Not only prophets. Amen. So by the word of knowledge, you can expose the schemes of the devil, the schemes of the enemy. You can expose an enemy's plan because God sees everything. And he doesn't want you to be destroyed, to fall into the hand of an enemy. I repeat, every unfortunate incident that has happened to people, God has kind of warned them a full time or something. But many of us fall into these problems because it's either we're too busy or the enemy created a distraction that we are not, we are not able to pay attention. And so we have to be careful, mindful of distractions, especially from him loss. That's my own hand. So my in-laws, when they show up, they just call, create distraction. They will raise a matter that is not relevant. And they are just being influenced by the enemy. And they will create distraction such that you are not even able to receive signals and instructions that the Lord has given to you. This, I'm talking about personal experience. Or in the workplace, create a drama in the workplace that disturbs you, that you know, destabilizes you, and you're not able to stay in tune with the Father. And if we are, if we are able to, if we know this, that Every distraction sometimes they come in at a time to distract us, not to be able to hear the Lord or see what God is working in our lives. then we need to learn to avoid distraction at every positive cost. Amen John chapter four, uh, four verse 15 this is now so this we saw the prophet right in the Old Testament manifest the word of knowledge let's look at. The word of knowledge in operation in the life of Jesus. So Old Testament, now we are going to the New Testament. I'm going to speed up a little bit here. John chapter 4, verse 15. Don't forget, when I said I can kill a prophet, I didn't say I'm going to kill one, I'm going to stab them. I said I can pronounce and declare words, and then we just see that they said the prophet died. But who killed them? Angels. Amen. So, if you know that that's possible, be mindful of what you say to your kids. Angels can jump on it. I know people will speak, will pronounce evil words on their children and I can see it in the life of the children. But if the children can know, can learn how to walk with Christ and the authority they have in Christ Jesus, I'm, you know, they can really avert and stop some things. I'm just thinking, why are we the one doing ourselves in the body of Christ? People come to church and they pray against their enemy who they think is their enemy in church. And you wonder why church is so divided and people are, things are happening, evil practices. Because people are trained, have been trained are conditioned to speak negative words and negative pro- proclamations. And angels, demons will jump on it and make these things happen. A word in my spirit for someone. Beware of the so-called spiritual fathers who seem to control, manipulate, people and i can see a picture of a spiritual father in my spirit who is very controlling and kind of similarly powerful and there's someone who is kind of tied to this person and it seems like this person is a, is a alpha and the omega in your life they are more powerful and relevant in your life than god is it's time to break out and i can see a battle ahead of you but you need to free yourself because that's not god's original design it's going to be battle it's going to be tough they're going to call your number they're going to call your phone they're going to keep chasing you. They're going to keep harassing you. They're going to threaten you. But God wants you to stand your ground today and say, you know what? God did not call me into slavery and the control of a man or a woman. And I'm getting myself out of this. Stand your ground well enough, holding on to the word of God, and that yoke, that bondage will break in the name of Jesus. Right, so let's quickly look at this. Uh, John 4, 15 to 19, i read very quickly. The woman said to him, so Jesus, Jesus met a woman um, in Samaria, a Samaritan woman by a particular well. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. You can take your time to read the story later on. And, have, and um, so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, "God, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you, have, what you have just said is quite true. Verse 19. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Because in the Old Testament, the person who seems to have this kind of knowledge, supernatural, or, no, I don't want to say spiritual knowledge, supernatural revelation of facts in people's lives a prophet. So the first thing the woman thought of is a prophet. So in this day and age, in this, in, in this new covenant, too, people don't realize that, this is, oh, you're a woman of God. Everybody, she is a, is, a, is a daughter of God. Everybody is a man, a woman of God. Back in the days, it was like kind of like, oh, prophets. We are all men and women of God because we are children of God. Amen. We are all children, man, woman of God. You know, you hear this thing, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. If, if you read it carefully, God was referring to the entire nation of Israel as we were journeying through the wilderness, protecting them. He said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. He was speaking to the entire nation of Israel, not a particular man or the woman of God. So those men of God, God bless their hearts, who has oppressed and manipulated people is because people have not read it in the Bible. That's why they will not teach you what is in the Bible or they will teach you what they want you to, to pay attention to and manipulate it. And we too, many of us have not really been trained to read our Bible independently by the help of the Holy Ghost without looking at it through the lens of the man or the prophet. My, least must, my quick test for people that I have to stay away from is when I meet them, the first thing they are saying, is, my bishop, my bishop, my bishop said, my bishop said, my bishop said, my bishop said ha, come to my church, come to my church, come and see this bishop, he's powerful, I- I just step down. I, st- I just step away because I don't have energy for debate. I just don't have time. Amen. So this woman, too, because Jesus, by the word of knowledge, mentioned what's going on in her life. She just believed believe that this must be a prophet. Amen. And um, finally, we look at um, Peter. I'm just going to r- run through that for you guys. So Peter, you know, Anais is a Sapphira. The church was kind of sharing a common process at the early church. And these guys, you know, let's go to Acts chapter 5, 1 to 4. If you guys don't mind to quickly, give me extra five and Let me run through this so we can wrap this up today. Acts 1, so Acts 5, sorry guys, 5, 1 to 4. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a property, a piece of property, with with his his wife's full knowledge. And he kept back part of the money for himself, uh, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Did it didn't belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have lied. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. That information there, you know, it was eden to Ananias and his wife. But Peter, by the word of knowledge... Figure this out. He so said, you have lied to the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit revealed it to, to Peter. So that same Holy Spirit you have can show you, can give you access to facts in the mind of God for you or other people. That's, the, the believer, the Christian, is not a normal being. He's not, no, no. we are not normal. We are, normal. we are normal. We are supernatural beings. And we should always expect supernatural results. You can go for a job interview, and once you enter, you just know that this job is not for you. Because you can just pick some things in people's mind. Or when after the interview, you can even hear their conversations. That's how supernatural you can express. So sometimes when a believer does not get a job, and they start crying, and start shouting, screaming, God, why? Why did And all kind of behavior that I've seen among believers, it just tells me that people do not really understand who they are. There are some places that you know that this is my job. I don't like that use of words. But this is God wants me to walk in this place. The interview may not go well, but you say that is where I'm walking. And you can even hear that conversation. And there's some prayers, kind of prayers you say, I won't say them here because people will just uh, people may abuse them. There's some declarations you make. You know, somebody can just will not show up the following day anymore in work. And then they say, you know what? Um, we want you to come in. I don't want to go into those ones because people will um, amen. You are not, you are not normal. So if you went for an interview, you've been interviewed several times and you're not getting the job, just check yourself what's going on. The oldest people will show you why. It can show you. Instead of you fasting and praying and saying, God, why me? God, why not me? You can know why. You are a child of God. Praise the Lord. Um, there's also, so I looked at Old Testament. We looked at Jesus. We looked at Peter, who is the early apostles, uh, one of the early apostles. And I'm trying to help us to say that to every one of us is available. So let's look at um, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, from verse 10. It reads In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. So this is not a prophet in the Old Testament. This is not Jesus. This is not even an apostle. An apostle, in this context, we're talking about people, the top followers of Jesus Christ. Paul's an apostle. He was not part of the original 12. That's a conversation for another day. But the Bible is here it says a disciple, just a follower, just a normal, irregular Christian, named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. So, which means Mrs. O can see vision. She can see vision. Ibukun can see vision. A disciple, just a Christian. Amen. A disciple, the Lord called to him in a vision and Ananias, yes, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas. Specific information. Go to the house of Judas on straight streets and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for his praying in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Amen. Sorry guys, I don't want to see if I don't miss anything out. Let me stop here because I don't want to go into the next one there. So, Ananias, but this is an example also. Don't forget what we said. We said um, word of knowledge is a revelation of facts in the mind of God. You know, all the things I've covered earlier on. But what I'm trying to focus here is that is a disciple. So when somebody tells you that because you are not ordained as a deacon or a pastor, you cannot experience the manifestation of God's power, they've lied to you. So I want to wrap up there. Um, The conclusion, I'm going to add it to a word of wisdom. A few things there uh, that I have that I want to show you guys to kind of really, really bust that myth. That you need to, there must be something so special about you before you experience the power of God and walk into supernatural. They are just lies. Amen. Let's rise on our feet, please.